0: Doing a daily Bible devotional has been the best thing that I've done for myself. My time in the Old Testament only proves to me again and again and again that the heart of man is deceitfully wicked above all things. When I'm reading the New Testament, I read it within the context of when Jesus said, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. Everything in the New Testament is just an expansion of one of those two thoughts those are the two lenses through which i think with my mouth open as i read through the old and new testaments join me won't you for another adventure in coffee the bible and page greetings and salutations welcome to another episode of coffee the bible and page and welcome to another fabulous day in the lord's neighborhood I am Paige, your caffeine-imbued host. That was my coffee. Ah, in the beginning, coffee. And lo, it was very good. Today, we're going to continue our jaunt into Ruth. We're going to be in chapter 2. Before we get started, I just want to remind you of something. This devotional series that I've been working on for the last several years, I've gone through the Gospel of John and the entire New Testament, and now I'm into the Old Testament to the book of Ruth. This whole uh, process that I'm using is based on Psalms 1. Blessed is a man whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and in it he does meditate day and night. Everything he does prospers. The word meditate means to talk or mutter to oneself about something. In my entire life, I've used that process to figure things out. I like to verbally walk my way through a problem. And I decided once when I was diagnosed with congestive heart failure and the pandemic hit... Uh, and i was subsequently basically uh home alone for 18 months uh out of out of a, an abundance of caution because i didn't want that virus to interact with my heart condition i started reading the bible in a devotional manner and some people and i used to think this way that that's uh of all the ways of Bible study, that that is probably at the bottom of the ladder of effectiveness. I could not have been more wrong. Because see, I'll I'll read a passage of scripture, and then I'll think aloud. I'll I'll talk about it in a stream of consciousness kind of thing, about what I'm thinking about that passage at that moment. And it has turned out to be one of the most valuable forms of Bible study, getting the Bible into me that I have ever had. And Once I get through the Old Testament and I've gone through the New Testament and the Old Testament, the next time around, I'm going to go back in and I'm going to start taking a deeper dive into selected passages, but they will mean more to me because now I've seen them in their entire context. Because when I read this, when I read the scripture and do these devotionals, I'm getting the overall context. For instance, I know the overall context of the New Testament. And I'm getting an overall context for the Old Testament. And it's putting these things in a framework that will give me a solid foundation for when I go back in and study in depth. So having said that, today in Ruth, chapter two, Ruth has accompanied Naomi back from Moab, because Naomi and her husband had moved to Moab with their sons uh, when there was a famine. And their stay in Moab in their stay in Moab. Naomi's husband died, and then both of her son-in-laws died as well. So now Ruth had, I'm sorry, Naomi had two daughters-in-law, and all three of them are widows. Naomi makes up her mind to go back home, and she tells her two daughters-in-law, stay here in your country with your people and find another husband. Well, Ruth's sister decides to stay home in in Moab, but Ruth makes up her mind to accompany her mother-in-law. Now, this story, this book has two stories happening. One, obviously it's about Ruth, because, well, gosh, her name's in the title, right? But the other story is what happens with Naomi. She's angry, she's bitter. She's in deep, in the bowels of grief, uh, as she's going back home. And so this story is not only about Ruth who becomes an ancestress of Jesus but it's also about Naomi's passage through an incredible grief an incredible time of grief. And uh, so there's there's two things happening here. So having said that Ruth has and Naomi have a, have come back to Israel. Uh, I think they're around a Bethlehem and that's where we pick up the story they're back home now and now what is Ruth what is Naomi going to do uh she doesn't have a husband to provide for her she doesn't uh I'm not she might be living in some property or a house that she her and her husband had owned years previous I'm not sure but she's back home with Ruth but she has no man to provide for her and that's where we pick up the story Chapter 2, now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side, a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. By the way, you'll find Boaz's name in both genealogies of Jesus in Matthew and Luke. And Ruth, the Moabite, said to Naomi, let me go to the field and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi said to her, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out, entered a field, and began to glean behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Now, although Ruth is a foreigner, and as a young woman alone, it's obviously quite, she's obviously quite vulnerable in the harvest field. Single woman. She's, she could be the prey of any man with bad intentions but yet she still undertakes to provide for her mother-in-law Whew. i don't know if you know how incredible that that one thing is ruth left her country left her people left her culture to adopt the culture of jehovah and she is treating naomi as her like she would treat her blood-related mother this is a young woman who is a very picture of redemption she came out of an anti-god environment and she's embraced jehovah and she's embraced her mother-in-law as if she was a real mother and she would be as a single woman vulnerable and yet she embraced the danger of it all. And she embraced the uncertainty of it all. And she sent out she was going to provide for her mother-in-law. I'm not even gonna call her mother-in-law anymore because Ruth is treating her like a mother and, and Naomi's treating her like a daughter. So Ruth's mother, Naomi. The law of Moses instructed landowners to leave what the harvesters missed so that the poor, the foreigner, the widow, and the fatherless could glean for their needs. In other words, these, these people, the poor, would go behind the harvesters and whatever did not make it into a sheaf of barley or wheat or whatever, what was left on the ground was theirs to pick up to meet their needs. So just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they answered. Boaz asked the overseer of his harvesters, who does that young woman belong to? The overseer replied, "She's the Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, "Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves behind the harvesters. She came into the field and has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. Now, you think this is this is the beginning of a love story. and I guess I guess it could call it that between Boaz and Ruth but uh there probably wasn't much that would distinguish Ruth from any other woman around she, she the kind of clothes she would be wearing and everything she wasn't dressed seductively she wasn't i don't imagine her being dressed in a way that would attract male attention in fact i i expect just the opposite actually because she does not want to attract male attention and but regardless boaz notices ruth And he wants to know who she is. And the overseer replied, she is a Moabite who came back from Moab with Naomi. Now, people in that area knew Naomi's story because she had talked about when she came back. And everybody knows that Naomi was a widow and that her daughter-in-law, or I'm going to call her her daughter, Ruth, was also a widow. She has remained here from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So she was working hard. You're about to see how hard I in a minute. So Boaz said to Ruth, my daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with the women who work for me. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the women. I have told the men not to lay a hand on you. And whenever you are thirsty, go Get a drink from the water jars that the men have filled. Now it's customary for the men to cut the grain, and for the female servants to go behind them to bind the grain into sheaves. Then Re- Ruth could glean what they had left behind. Now when he he was protecting her by telling the men not to lay hand on her, and this little word from Boaz indicates the risk that Ruth had willingly taken on. There's, this was not a safe thing that she did. But she was going to care for Naomi. She loves her mother-in-law. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground and she asked him, Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, uh, before I get to his response, What a lady. That Ruth was. She was in she wasn't trying to fool anybody. She wasn't trying to be anything other than what she was. She was a Moabite. She was not Jewish. And she did not expect Jews to offer her such accommodation as Boaz was. Why have I found such favor in your eyes that you notice me a foreigner? And Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. That tells us so much about Ruth. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have put me at ease by speaking kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servants. At at mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread, dip it in the wine vinegar. Now, at this point, I, I don't know if Boaz is falling in love with her or not. I do see him as taking care of his family. And we're going to see how important that is here in a minute. She is Naomi's daughter-in-law and she is taking care of Naomi. And I think he recognizes the risk that Ruth is taking on herself. And he also sees how hard she is working to care for Naomi. So he calls her over to where he's eating. Have some bread, dip it in the wine vinegar. And she sat down with the harvesters. He offered her some roasted grain. She ate all that she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men, let her gather among the sheaves and do not reprimand her. In other words, apparently, it's possible that those who are gleaning would kind of scoop in and and take the really good leftovers before they even get, you know they, they would get in the way of those people who were setting up the sheaves, or it may even get in the way of the people who were harvesting the barley. He's telling his men, let her gather among the sheaves and do not reprimand her. Even pull out some stalks for her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up. Don't rebuke her. In other words, leave her some of the good stuff. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it mounted to about an ephah. Now, threshing at that time, if you remember the story of Gideon, there's several ways of threshing. One is the where you throw the grain up in the air and you hit it with two paddles really hard. And the outer husk uh, breaks off and floats away in the wind. And the grain itself, heavier grain, falls to the ground. So Ruth gleaned in the field till evening. Then she threshed the barley she'd gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She'd been picking grain all day. And then she threshed it. Now an ephah is about 30 pounds. Folks... That's a lot of grain. She picked 30, approximately 30 pounds. She got 30 pounds of grain from her work that day. And she carried it back to town. And her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over from the roasted barley that she'd eaten after she'd eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she'd been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him. Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, he has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. She added, that man is our close relative. He is one of our guardian redeemers. Now the guardian redeemer, traditionally called a kinsman redeemer, is a near relative who's responsible for protecting the interests of needy members of the extended family. For example, his role might be to provide an heir for a brother who had died, to redeem land that a poor relative had sold outside the family, to redeem a relative who'd been sold into slavery or to avenge the killing of a relative. In fact, the word avenger and kinsman redeemer are translations of the same Hebrew word. Um, That's who Boaz was. He was wealthy he was powerful and he took his he took his role as a kinsman redeemer seriously and that's what he was doing here because Naomi and he were of the same family then Ruth the Ruth the Moabite said he even said to me stay with my workers until they finish harvesting all my grain so Ruth had a steady job to the end all the way through the end of harvest and she continued working this hard getting a bushel of grain every time she worked. Can you imagine how that would how far that would go in supporting her and Naomi they would not only have enough to eat but they'd have enough to sell. They could she's earning a living. she's supporting both of them. This Ruth is an amazing lady. Naomi said to Ruth her daughter-in-law It will be good for you, my daughter, to go with the women who work for him because in someone else's field, you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the women of Boaz to glean until the barley and wheat harvest were finished and she lived with her mother-in-law. I just love what I'm hearing here and I love what I'm reading here. How the evidence of Ruth's changed heart is just right out in the open. Um, And this leads me to a thought. When Naomi and her husband moved to Moab because of the famine, one of the reasons that God did not want Israel to interact with the Moabites was because of the danger of that culture overwhelming the culture of Israel, which in, in those beginning years it didn't have, there wasn't much time to develop a culture for Israel. They were in their formative years developing their own culture, their own thoughts, their own way of dressing, their own way of praying. Um, And God did not want the cultures, the established cultures around them to overwhelm that process. Does that make sense? So he didn't want Israel interacting with Moab. Well, Naomi's family moved to Moab because that's where food was. And apparently in the midst of that Moabite culture, with the sons taking on Moabite wives, they maintained their faithfulness to the God of Israel to the extent that Ruth embraced it. She embraced the God of Israel. She embraced El Roy, the God who sees. And we can see that through her actions. It, James said in his epistle, You say you have faith. That's great. I have faith too. The difference between you and I is, and I'm paraphrasing, of course, I show you my faith by what I do. You can see my connection with God by how I live. That's what James was saying. You could see Ruth's connection with El Roy, the God who sees. You can see her connection through how she lives her life. She loves Naomi. She set out to care for Naomi. Her love for Naomi has legs. Her faith in God has legs. She puts it to work. And her love for Naomi and her working hard to provide for Naomi speaks huge volumes for this non-Jewish woman named Ruth, who would become an ancestress of Jesus. This is a great story. The other thing that's happening here is that in the first chapter, we saw how bitter and angry and hurt Naomi was over what had happened, losing her husband, losing her sons-in-law, losing the possibility of an extended family, of becoming a grandmother. She was angry and she was bitter. She says, let them. Let's back. Let me go back up here. Where does it say? At the end of chapter one, she said, why call me Naomi? The Lord has afflicted me. The Almighty has brought misfortune upon me. Don't call me Naomi. Call me Mara, because the Almighty has made my life very bitter. I went away full. The Lord has brought me back empty. She's in the depths of sorrow. She's in the depths of of depression. And she's beginning to see in Ruth, and because of Ruth, she's beginning to see the work of God. Hmm. She suggested that Ruth go out to Boaz. She knows who Boaz is. He's a member of her family. And apparently Boaz's reputation preceded him, and she knew that Boaz would take care of her daughter-in-law. Now, I don't know if she had designs on Boaz marrying her daughter-in-law. But their immediate need was they have to find food and have to find a way to make money. They have to find a way to support themselves. And she's too old to go out in the fields. And Ruth just takes on that responsibility and goes. And all of Naomi's interactions, when she comes back and talks to her mother-in-law, when Ruth comes back and talks to Naomi you hear words like, blessed be the man who took notice of you. The Lord bless him, she says. You know, in the midst of her grieving, in the midst of her sorrow and anger and bitterness that she was experiencing as she came out of Moab back to Israel, Naomi does not stay camped there. She continues to move forward and she continues to give credit to God. She continues to... Believe in him. In the midst of her song, this story of Naomi is a powerful one. She's lost everything. And yet she still expresses her faith. <sighs> Blessed be the man who took notice of you. The Lord bless him. Ah. Oh. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. You know, at first when I read that, in fact, let me go back to this here. In verse 20, it says, The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. At first, I thought this entire paragraph was her referring to Boaz. But this first sentence in verse 20, of verse 20, says, The Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. That's talking about God. She Recognizes the hand of God. She has not walled herself off from God. The Lord bless him. He has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. Mm. This is a great story, and I am totally, totally loving it. Well, that's enough for today. Me thinking with my mouth open. Here's my coffee. I'm Paige. Folks, I'm out of here. Have a great day. Bye-bye. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who is conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven, he is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. So, what did you think about today's Bible Devotional? Email me and let me know your thoughts at ffog@me.com. At